0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Coffee and Prayer. I'm Pastor Andrew F. Carter, and it is 5.30 a.m. here in Gilroy, California. Because this is garlic world. I love it. Right in front of me is a garlic farm. And so far, every day I've been here, I've had something with garlic, and it's been amazing. I love it. So as you guys are tuning in, please let me know where you are and what time it is uh today we're jumping into first corinthians chapter 8 i'm excited to talk briefly about what we've got going on in here but um Yeah, man, I wanted to share if you guys aren't familiar with what we're doing here, we are like 144, 145 days in a row of Bible study. We've gone through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Romans, Acts, not in order, obviously, and uh, 1 Corinthians is where we are at. We read one chapter from the New Testament, one chapter from the Old Testament. I think a safe goal would be to say that we want to read through the Bible, um, entirely going one chapter of the old one chapter of the new uh until we're all the way through it amen it's a beautiful beautiful thing i am grateful and thankful that you guys are tuning in we have been all around uh the nation at this point we haven't left the nation but we've been in every time zone and again we haven't missed a day 100 and, oh, we're pushing up to 150 days in a row it's a it's a beautiful thing and um man but as we get started i want to share what i'm doing in gilroy i'm here with uh pacific point which is a very small christian school we were invited to come out and spend the week with them such a beautiful and amazing community filled with love uh the adults and and the supervisors and the teachers and the staff and the faculty and all of the people who are in this place have such a, a love and a passion for these kids man it's crazy because I, a lot of the time i look back i put myself in the kids position and i remember the adults in my life and um, how much they cared how much they they really uh they really loved me and uh, just just my response right coming from trauma coming from childhood hurt and 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 the mistrust of adults i honestly took it for granted And um, I can see as an adult, the love and the passion and uh, just the amount of care that they take and and the the time that they invest into these kids, it's it's second to none, man. And my prayer, and as you guys are praying for us as we're here speaking, would just be that their hearts would be softened. The kids' hearts would be softened and they would receive the Lord. And um, just one thing I wanted to share with you guys, yesterday, 26 kids gave their life to Christ um, in an altar call that we did at the beginning of our service, which was completely, uh, which is completely backwards from what I usually do. I've never done an altar call at the beginning of a message, but God had this sense of urgency, um, that we, that, that, you know, that we was just like, Hey, not another moment can go by without these kids knowing who I am or accepting me as their Lord and savior. So 26 kids got saved. And um, I was crying during worship. Uh, the Holy Spirit was just in that place and it was a beautiful thing. And so that's what we are here doing this week. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have no words, but let's let's move forward. Um, I'm excited to be here and I pray that you guys um, are well. But if you guys could put in the chat First Corinthians chapter eight, that's where we are going to start today. First Corinthians chapter eight, that would be awesome. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, food being offered to idols and um, my my service is a little spotty. I might come in and out. I'm not going to jump off of here. It's probably not you. It's just that I'm away from the hotel. So first Corinthians chapter eight, if somebody would put that, there we go. Thank you, Vic. We're going to pin that bad boy right there. So if anybody comes in, please take care let them know where we're at. Yesterday was fire. You guys, yesterday we talked about relationship. We talked about marriage. We talked about singleness. We talked about, um, you know, divorce and and really the stance that Paul was taking. And I want to clear something up before we move forward into First Corinthians chapter eight. It's just that I am in no way or shape or by any means a relationship expert. And uh, I by no means know what exactly God's plan and purpose and will is for your lives, right? I'm sharing the truth of the word and my understanding of it. I am by no way at a place of arrival where I know all things and what I'm sharing is the, the bottom line. Uh, what what we try to do as human beings is we try to limit the word of God and what we want is this checklist and we want these do's and these don'ts and we want we want everything to be clear but unfortunately not everything is black and white each situation and each experience requires a level of discernment requires a level of understanding requires a level of empathy so what worked for me in my specific situation isn't always going to work oh, poor connection isn't always going to work in your specific situation right the one thing that remains the same and is always and will always be constant is the word of God so what we do is we stand on truth I go I search for my truth the truth of the word of God and how to apply it to my situation by reading scripture by understanding scripture by devoting time to reading the word sitting in prayer praying over my situation God asking God to speak to me but then also when I'm asking God to speak to me to listen. Because what happens is sometimes we'll be like, God, speak to me. I want to hear from you. And then he's like, this is the answer. And you're like, but that's not the answer I want. And so what we do is we turn our back and we're just like, well, he's not talking to me. He's like, bro, I'm literally talking to you. And what you're asking for, I'm saying no. And you go, well, I don't hear what God's saying. Oh, he's not speaking to me. And he's like, he's not screaming because God's not going to scream. He's saying, I'm telling you no i am answering you and the answer to your prayer is no the answer to that is no and we because it's not what we want we will drown out the the voice of god it it comes with discernment and maturity and understanding that everything that we want isn't good for us all of the things that our hearts desire are not always good for us and we must trust that god knows best so if we don't have it in this moment we probably don't need it for the mission at hand Right? Let me say that again because that's something that was powerful that was spoken to me by by a sister in Christ who. I mean, it it, it rocked me and it's stuck with me ever since. If I have 24 hours today, today's that day. And uh, if I don't have something that I'm asking for, then I don't need it for this 24 hours. Don't mean that I don't need it in general, but right now God breathed breath into my lungs. He gave me a pulse. There's a purpose for this 24 hours. The only 24 hours I can account for. I can't make up or change yesterday. I can't leap ahead and work on tomorrow. So today in this 24 hours, if I don't have the thing that I'm asking for, then i must not need it then there must be a different purpose plan and mission for me there must be a different assignment for me in this 24 hours i will receive the thing that i'm asking for in the moment that i truly need it now there's a difference between needing it and wanting it does that make sense so so again Today, if I'm asking for something, Lord, I need a million dollars and I don't receive it today, I must not me- need that million dollars to complete the mission that's at hand. Do I want it? Absolutely. Do I think that I need it? 100%. Uh, but my timing isn't God's timing. God's timing is perfect and He knows what's best for me. So I must trust that, okay, because in this 24 hours I don't need it, let me move on from just stewing over this one thing and let me see how I can be effective in the mission, the assignment, the plan, and the purpose that God has for me in this 24 24 hours maybe tomorrow it will show up the very thing that I'm looking for but because it's not here there must be a different purpose but most of us a lot of us will take that thing that we're praying for and that will become an idol that will become our prayer and that will become our sole focus so if I don't have it today then I'm depressed or I'm discouraged or I'm sad or I'm frustrated or I'm walking around beat down ignoring the mission the plan and the purpose that God has for me in this 24 hours and that rolls over into the next day and then the next day and then the next And then your life is characterized by sadness and discouragement and frustration because you're so focused on the thing that you're asking for, thinking that you need it. But God's saying, hey, in the waiting, there's things that I need you to do. But you're so focused on your lack and your need and the thing that you're asking for not having it, you become distracted. So if we could take our eyes off of the, the the needs or the wants or our desires and place them on the king, on the Christ, on the will, the planned purpose that he has for us, we would be focused, we would be getting things done. And the very moment that we truly need something, it will arrive. You feel me? But again, I share this and say, Hey, I I am by no means an expert. I don't know what you're asking for, so I, I I'm merely applying the truth of the word of God to my situation and through experience because I've lived a life through uh, by faith. I've lived a life in the world, and so the things and and that God has revealed to me through my own personal experience, I'm merely sharing those with you. So please don't think that I'm lecturing you or I'm coming down on you or that I know everything. Uh, I truly don't. I I am. I'm young in the word, I'm hungry for the word, I'm hungry for God's presence. And all I know is that the thing that's worked for me is making Jesus number one, as Jesus is the most important thing in my life, spreading the gospel, preaching truth, standing firm on the foundation, having a better understanding. As I've taken my focus off of me, my wants, my desires, my dreams, my goals, and placed them on Jesus, then and only then have I found truth peace comfort joy satisfaction and the crazy thing is here's what's wild about it once i stopped making life about me and my things and i made it about him the actual desires and the things that i wanted have started to come to pass right that's 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 something that i believe might be foreign or challenging i believe that god will plant seeds of desire of goals of visions and dreams in our heart and what we end up doing is we try to go and get those things on our own by our own strength by our own will and we will tear doors down and we were punched through walls and we'll you know we will strive and hustle and grind to try to make these desires in our heart come to fruition but what i found is if i pursue him those dreams and those seeds that were planted become watered and now are bearing fruit and i'll give you one example and then i promise i'll get into the scripture okay i'm being long-winded today i already feel it uh, one of my heart's desires, dreams, and goals was to travel. I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to even see the nation. I, I, I wanted to get out and travel. I like to be in new cities and new towns and meet new people and find new routines. I love that. And so before I was focused on the Lord, I was creating that for myself. It was expensive. I was putting my place myself in places that I wanted to go. So I was traveling the year in 2019. Um, I traveled more in 2019 than I had traveled in my own life, but it was expensive. Uh, there, there, uh, there was I was going to these places, but I wasn't able to have a good time. Really, eat. I was just getting myself there. So, I, like for instance, I went to Hawaii twice. I went there, and really, the only thing I could afford to do was sit on the beach. But it was my heart's desire. But I was striving, and I was cutting corners, and I was I was hurting my bank account. When I started focusing on Jesus, it's crazy because now I'm able to travel. I've traveled more in 2021, and. Even in 2022, I'm traveling, but now I'm doing it for God. So I would go to Vegas in, in, in my sin. I would go to Vegas by my own strength and I was there for sin and I, was, I wasn't there for the right reasons. God's taken me to Vegas as somebody who saved and I was there for ministry. Right. I went to Hawaii, but I was there for sin, pursuing things that were from my heart and it wasn't satisfying. I didn't have a good time. God took me to Kona to sit at YWAM and to be with other Christians and to be uh, fed. So by pursuing God, the desires of traveling and seeing the world are now being seen. Those those seeds that were planted are now coming to fruition. But now I'm using it and doing it to, to pursue Christ and to spread the gospel. And even right now, I'm in another city. I'm traveling. I'm God's taking me different places which were truly you know the desires that i wanted but strived after and never could truly satisfy that desire but now that my focus on is on him i'm doing the very thing that i was trying to do by my own strength does that make sense i hope i'm not i'm not missing you guys on that um, it makes sense in my brain sometimes when i'm explaining things i'm just like yes that's a word and then some people are like bro i literally don't understand you and then some people are like yeah i get it move on and i'm like all right so let me move on to 1 uh, <laughs> Corinthians chapter eight. God is good, man. If you focus on him, I'm telling you, the things that you truly desire, like those, those hearts desires, I believe that many of those things were planted by God, but he wants you to focus on him and he will cultivate that seed and water it and will bring those things to fruition. It's kind of crazy how it works. Um, and even by all my struggling and striving and trying to get to those things, it was all empty. I can look back and all of the trips and the things and the places that I went, they were empty. They weren't filled, they weren't anointed, they weren't covered by God. There was a lot of hurt, pain, and turmoil, even on those trips. But God's redeemed that and taken me to places that my I I would have never imagined that I would go, all even in like a very short term, like a short span. I went to, what was it? We went to 13 different cities ten different states in 15 days between October and December last year it was amazing and I loved it and it was my heart's desire but I was there preaching the gospel in every single city and saving souls and it was just like okay focus on you and you're going to take me to the things and do the things that I've always wanted to do because you planted those seeds there anyway in first Corinthians uh, chapter eight he says hey now I'm going to write about meat that is sacrificed to idols he says we know that we all have knowledge, right? Knowledge, and I love that he, he puts in quotations, knowledge. Um, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs you up with pride, but love builds up. That's a whole word in and of itself. When you think that you know everything, that you, you become unteachable, uncoachable, where nobody can speak into your life. Um, that creates this false sense of pride, okay? But love is what truly builds up. One of my, one of my, <laughs> it's not even a pet peeve, but something when I'm communicating with somebody, right? When I'm talking with somebody and, uh, and, and people do it, they they don't even mean to do it. But when they, yeah, 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 you, when somebody goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and you guys know what I'm talking about. If we're talking and I'm just like, hey, uh, you know, they're just like, what do you think about this? And I'm just, oh, well, I think about this and they go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're communicating, but for me, it's almost like I feel like they're trying to hurry me up and shut me up, right? So there's this, it's like, oh, so you already know? No, I don't know. Well, why are you saying yeah, 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 as if you already know? So you asked me a question, and as I'm explaining halfway through my sentence, you're yeah, 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 yeah me. So that means that you already know. Well, I don't know. Okay, well, yeah, 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 you already know. You just know everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't yeah, 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 yeah me. It drives me crazy. And <laughs> I've got friends who do that to me. And I don't take it personal. It's whatever because they, there's no ill intent. But to me, if, if I was talking to somebody and they're talking and I know that I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I already know. Probably don't finish your sentence. I know everything already. I've already. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Stop! You guys laugh because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, right? You guys are yeah, yeah, yeah me right now. So this knowledge it puffs you up with pride, but love builds you up. Uh, he says. He goes on to says, if you think you know something, you do not yet know anything as you should. This is just a reminder that we have to stay young. I got on here and and it's just like, hey, I don't know everything about relationships. In fact. The only thing that I know, I know because I failed. And even in that, I don't even know those things, right? I've failed a marriage. I've failed in life. I've lost everything. Uh, Most of my wisdom and knowledge comes from experience, from failing, thinking that I knew everything. We have to remain teachable. I love when Jesus says, you know, you, you must be like children. You have to become like children. Children are so curious. They want to know things. They ask questions like, where do babies come from? Why are your teeth like that? Hi, why do you say those things? Like they're constantly asking questions in this innocent manner. They just truly want to know. And we have to become like children. We have to become like kids. We have to stop thinking that we know everything. Uh, Many times we're, we're mistaking our opinion for truth. There are things that I think, I know this for a fact, there's probably things that I think or believe that are in direct opposition of the word of God. And I want the Lord to call me out. I want to be taught. I want to be trained. I want to be right in his eyes, not right by the eyes of the world or by the standard of what this world is thinking. I want to be like a child where I'm curious and I'm trusting God and I'm questioning things and I'm asking and I want to know. I don't know everything, nor do, nor do you. And I know that that's why a lot of you guys are here, because you're here inquisitive. You want to know the, the, the Lord. You want to know the word of God. That's why many of us are part a part of Bible studies and we go to church to be discipled and to be taught and to learn. And we're doing our research to have a deeper, better understanding. But please don't get to a point where you're so prideful or you know so much where you just, yeah, 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 people. And you you rush them to be quiet, But but let's truly do something let's truly spend more time listening being that we have you know two ears and one mouth we should be spending twice as much time listening as we do speaking so in those situations in those conversations one of the things that i'm doing at this camp is as kids come up rather than them just hearing me talk i've got thousands of videos right every morning i get up and i talk for an hour and it's just at, at some point people just want to be heard many times when I'm, I'm counseling or i'm sitting with individuals a lot of the times i'm just there listening just quiet and listening i don't know everything i don't know their situation i don't know what they're going through let me just be quiet and listen i want to be in a place where i'm I'm able to just say hey i want to i want to hear i want to hear what you're going through i want to hear what's on your heart i want to hear the the things that you're struggling with and i believe in in those quiet places i believe that god honors that I'm frozen. Oh man. Frozen. I see it. Yeah, this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a continuing issue while I'm here. But I'm back. I'm not going anywhere. I see. I see. It's going to be um, it's going to be a continuing issue with the service. Just bear with me, if you guys would. I won't go anywhere. So moving forward, it says if any person loves God, that person is known by God. So this is what I say about eating meat sacrificed to idols. So um, let me just keep reading. We know that an idol is really nothing in the world, and we know there is only one God, capital G, right? Capital G. He says, even though there are things called gods, lower G, in heaven or on earth, and there are many lowercase gods and lords for us, followers of Jesus, there is only one God, our father, all things came from him and we live for him. And there is only one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things were made through him and we were also made through him. And then he goes and says, Hey, but not all people know this. So again, we're talking to Corinthians, we're talking to the church, we're talking to believers. Some of these believers are young. There's this spiritual immaturity. There's individuals who know, and there's other individuals who are new. Some people are just learning what it is to follow Jesus. Some are still stuck in religion. Some are still stuck in immaturity. Some are finding their way, they're learning, they're inquisitive, they're asking questions. And Paul's encouraging us, hey, don't become so puffed up with knowledge. And don't, don't don't, don't forget where you came from. Don't, you know, there, there were times where you were lost. There were times where you were stuck in sin. There were times where you were struggling. Don't forget where you've come from. Don't be so puffed up with knowledge and, and understanding of the word that you start to push other people away or that you uh, start thinking that you're better than others. Like Like, don't get it twisted remind yourself of where you were don't get so caught up because oh i've read the bible from cover to cover many times and oh yes i've i've overcome that sin i no longer am in that sin so you know don't don't be so proud that you forget We understand that there's only one God. Many of us have knowledge. Many of us have experience. Many of us have grown in the word and grown in the Lord. Let's not forget that everybody comes in at a different level. There are levels of spiritual maturity. When you get saved, you don't just get everything figured out. Many people are learning. Many people are here because they want to know Jesus. And and so sometimes they might come with an opinion that doesn't line up with scripture because they're still spiritually immature. Somebody might come here who's still struggling with sin or might even still have an element of sin in their life. But they're here in this place trying to learn more and to grow closer to God and to have deeper understanding and to be inspired and to find community where they're loved and accepted and where Jesus is present. Right? It's, it's undeniable, it's unmistakable that the Holy Spirit rests upon what we're doing here. And so people are drawn here. So we must not become so prideful or so filled with our own personal experience and knowledge that we are forgetting our younger brothers and sisters in Christ, the individuals who are just now finding a relationship. Even though you've been saved for 20 years and know what you're doing and know the scripture like the back of your hand, remember that there's some people who got saved at the end of Romans. There's people who got saved at the end of Acts. There's new brothers and sisters in Christ who got saved at the end of book of John. So they're just now walking in their faith. Some of them aren't even walking yet. Some of them are still crawling. Some of them are still holding on to the coffee table with their little wiggly bobbly baby neck, and they're trying to figure things out. And how dare we as Christians who are so mature in the knowledge come and try to kick their little feet out from underneath them and shame them because they're not where we are after 20 years of being saved. There's spiritual maturity, and, and we're so quick to come in, and well, we're calling it what it is, and we're speaking in truth. Where's the love, right? Don't forget the love. Don't forget where you've come from. And and I'm I'm preaching to myself because you know it, it it's brought to my attention that sometimes, man, I might come off a little like you know, I'm passionate and I love you guys and I want to see you walking in victory. And so I can sit here and talk from an, uh, from my experience of being single, but you guys make a good point. Well, hey, now you're married, bro. It, it wasn't easy. Don't forget how hard it was. It was hard being single. There, It was lonely at times. My relationship with Christ wasn't super strong, right? Uh, there, there were nights where I was up lonely and crying and depressed and sad and questioning and frustrated. And there were nights where I was just kind of like, man, what am I doing wrong? Why don't I deserve somebody? You know, it must be nice. I'm trying to get like you. You know, I see, you know, I, I, I can't forget where I was at. And And again, when I'm preaching and sharing, it's from a place of like, gosh, I know because I've been there and I want you guys just to get where I'm at because where I'm at is a good place. I still got far to go, but it's a good place. And so I get passionate, but don't I don't want to step on toes. I don't want to hurt your guys' feelings. I don't want to make you feel like there's anything wrong with you. And again, I'm, I'm preaching from a place of like, yo, I've been there and I just want to grab you and hug you and, and give you just this big embrace. And I want to drag you to where I'm at because where, where, where I'm living is a, is a pretty good place of like freedom and understanding. So this even right here is like, hey, don't forget, Andrew, where you've been. Don't forget the things and the way that you felt. Don't forget. Don't become so puffed up with knowledge that you forget where other people might be, their pain points and where they're hurting and where they're struggling. Okay. but again, I'm not going to apologize for uh, being in a place and wanting better for you. Because where I'm preaching is from a place of love. And uh, you know, if you if you're looking for somebody to get down in the trenches and 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 write a sad country song about your situation, your trauma, and your suffering, I'm not that guy. Because if you pull me down in the trenches with you, guess what? I'm gonna hug you, I'll sit and I'll give you five minutes to complain about your situation, but then I'm gonna dust you off, I'm gonna stand you up on your feet, and I'm gonna drag you to where I want it, where I'm at. That's what's going to happen. That's how I'm going to love you. I love you so much that I'm not going to sit there and let you cry about your situation for more than a couple of minutes. I'll cry with you. I'll grieve with you. I'll empathize with you. But then I'm going to share some truth with you. And I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Amen? Amen. We ain't gonna, we're not going to sit down there and write country songs about your suffering and your trauma and all the things that you've gone through. We don't got time for that, right? We don't got time for that. No. amen so uh moving forward he says hey but not all people know this some people are still used to idols again we're talking about meat we're talking about idols as far as corinthian goes again there's there's individuals who are are still struggling with the old way of life but not all people know this some people are still used to idols that when they eat meat they still think of it being a sacrifice to an idol because their conscience is weak when they eat it they feel guilty and he's like, hey, but food, food is not going to bring you closer to God. There's this issue of food. Refusing to eat does not make us less pleasing to God and eating doesn't make us better in God's sight, right? It's not about the food that we eat there. They were hung up on the situation of like, um, hey, in, in that day and time, part, part, part of living where they lived they might have to go into a, a temple. They might have to go to a place where idols are being worshiped. They might go to a marketplace and, and the food that was offered to idols might be being sold in the marketplace. And so as they're walking through, some of them were maybe concerned, well, was that food offered to an idol? Well, I don't want to eat that because that goes against Mosaic law. That goes against that. And then some of, some of the individuals who were more free and had more knowledge of their standing with God, they were like, it doesn't matter. The, those idols that the food was offered to, they're not even real gods. And God's not up there worrying about the food that like i'm gonna eat this because man the connection and they're saying, hey, I'm going to eat this because it doesn't matter. That, that That's not even a real God. It's not even a big deal. Like Jesus, our God, the God that we, we follow, he's not up there worried about the kinds of food. But what he's saying is that but those who in their mind think that it's wrong and we're like, hey, just eat it anyway. We're pushing them to sin because it's breaking their conscience. And so we have to be aware of that. He says in the, in the next verse, but be careful that your freedom does not cause those who are weak in faith to fall into sin. So we have to be careful for, for me and my knowledge and where I'm at and where you're at and your understanding of where you are, right? That freedom shouldn't be used to make other people stumble. And um, the only example that I can really think of in this moment is like, there is a freedom if you want to, as a follower of Jesus, again, you don't have to agree with this. And this is what this is a, a great example, I think, is that the the issue of alcohol. There's some Christians who you know, who who don't, who think that you should abstain from alcohol 100%. You shouldn't have one drink, not one drop. And then there's some Christians who have freedom and they're like, okay, you can have a drink, but you just don't get drunk. You can have a glass of wine. You can drink a beer. You can do those. I've been to Christian events and there's there's always that group. There's the group who, you know, are being social. They're not getting drunk. They're having a glass of wine. They're having a beer. They're, they're hanging out. They're having a good time. But then you run into individuals who, uh, who, who are just kind of like, whoa, You know, I don't want to be a drunkard. They've drawn the line there. I'm not going to have that. Who's right? Neither of them are wrong, right? Neither of them are, are in the wrong here. There is that freedom to where you are allowed. It says not to be a drunkard, not to ever have a drink. And so... You have to be careful that your freedom and okay I'm I'm taking you know I'm drinking that you're not forcing other individuals into that same place for some if their conscience if their conviction is to not have any drinks at all don't allow your freedom to have a couple of drinks don't allow uh, don't allow that to uh, infringe on their boundaries and their thoughts don't don't let your freedom affect another individual don't allow it to become an issue right some of the comments you guys are out of control. It says you have knowledge so you eat in an idol's temple, but someone who is weak in faith might see you eating there and be encouraged to eat meat sacrificed to idol while thinking it is wrong to do so. So again, you're like, hey, the meat's fine. I'm gonna eat the meat. It's just an idol. It's not even an issue. And somebody be like, ah, but that's my conviction is I probably shouldn't. But you're like, come on, eat the meat anyway. And so they're even against like their own conscience. They're eating the meat and sitting with you, but in their own mind, they're sinning. And the one who has knowledge, we shouldn't be encouraging others to do things that is against their conviction. If somebody's convicted that they should not get a tattoo, don't let me, you know, hey, come on over to the tattoo parlor, it's fine, you know, Oh, Leviticus is old law, it doesn't even apply to us. It's a Christian tattoo anyway. Let's just get one. And they come over there and they get a little cross tattoo on their underneath their eye or something. Or they get it on their neck. And now I'm pulling them into sin because of my freedom in Christ. And I'm like, hey, come on and let's do this. You know, in their mind, they're sinning. And it's saying, hey, just because your freedom and your conviction isn't the same as theirs, be careful. Someone who is weak in faith might see in you. It says, this weak believer for whom Christ died is ruined because of your knowledge, because of your freedom. When you sin against your brothers and sisters in Christ like this and cause them to do what they feel is wrong, you are also sinning against Christ, right? Again, these are secondary issues. I don't need to know your guys' stance on alcohol or tattoos. These are issues that are are, are on it. These are not issues of salvation, but these are issues that we find. These are issues of division that we find and stances. And so don't let my freedom in Christ and my stance persuade others to do the same things that I'm doing when it's against their conviction, right? My conviction uh, to not listen my conviction to not listen to secular music. Don't let your freedom of that, uh, you know, if you're, if and that's again, that's a good difference. Maybe you you have freedom. I'm a weaker Christian. I don't want to listen to secular music. I don't want to listen to the things of this world. I don't want to watch the things of this world. If you have more freedom and knowledge in your relationship with Christ and you're just like, I listen to that stuff. I just choose and and, and I, I've got so much freedom. Don't let your man this connection how am I supposed to live, laugh and love under these conditions I don't know how I'm going to do it I don't know. How am I supposed to live, laugh, love under these conditions? I know. I'm freezing up. It's going to continue to do it. Yes, it is freezing. It is not you guys. It is me. I'm in the car and I'm not on Wi-Fi. Um, yeah, there's not a business center where I'm at where I can go in there. And and again, uh, the situation, that what I'm talking about, is you guys don't have to give me your opinion or your stance on secular music. I'm using it only as an example. Some Christians they have this freedom and this knowledge, and um, and what they do is they say, "Hey, I'm I listen to anything because I'm free in Christ, and you know you can find love and you can find Jesus in anything and everything." don't allow your freedom to make other people stumble. People who might be newer in Christ, they might listen to those things. Oh, well, my Christian brother and sister, they say that it's okay. They listen to whatever because they because they can find Jesus in everything. And so the next thing you know, they're listening to songs that glorify sex and drugs and um, you know all kinds of wild living. And because they're not as strong in their faith, they start listening to those things and it starts influencing them. So don't allow your freedom and, and your lack of conviction in that area lead somebody a stray. Amen. And even, even now in the comments, there's a lot of individuals who are, you know, you have that freedom. I personally have made a hard line and a hard stance in my life. I'm not going to listen to secular music. It's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's just not something that I'm going to do. And when I'm talking about secular, I'm talking about drugs and guns and sex and things that glorify this world. I'm very conscious of that. I'm listening to those things. I'm not going to compromise and feed myself that garbage when, um, I want everything that I do, all of my thoughts, all of my my opinions, my bad. I want everything that feeds me to truly push me closer to Christ. And I'm not willing to compromise on that. And that's my conviction. And so if somebody is, is, is like, hey, Andrew, come on, man, you're trying to like strong arm me into listening to something that I shouldn't. You're pulling me into sin because it's against my conscience and against my conviction. And it says, hey, when you sin against your brothers and sisters in Christ like this and cause them to do what they feel is wrong, you are also sinning against Christ. So you will have to be accountable. So please don't use your conviction or lack thereof to pull other individuals into a place of compromise. If you're pulling individuals to compromise into that place where they're acting against their conscience because you feel free to do it you too are being held accountable you are being that that is sin does that make sense so if the food that i eat this is paul saying the food that i eat causes them to fall into sin i will never eat that meat again so that i will not cause any of them to sin so so here's the thing i'm more concerned and i love my brothers and sisters more so than i am about my own freedom and my own comfort If the things that I'm doing, even though they might not be wrong or they might not be a sin, they might be okay because I found a caveat in the word of God. If what I'm doing, man, this, this connection, if what I'm doing is causing other. If what I'm doing is causing other people to sin then it would be better for me out of love to stop doing those things in order for other people, right? I'm putting others before myself. And this isn't, a lot of people are like, well, I'm only worried about me. It doesn't bother me. So I'm gonna do whatever makes me happy because I'm free in Jesus. It's not my fault that they're not mature enough. It's not my fault that they're weak in their faith. I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna do me. It's between me and God. This is about my heart. This is what makes me feel good. This is all about me, me, me. He's saying, and this is Paul's stance. This is his heart posture. If what I'm doing is gonna make somebody else stumble, I love people so much more than myself that I'm willing to surrender those things in order to help grow them in their faith. Ooh, so, so it, 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 there's a big element of being selfless. It's not about me. If the things that I'm doing, even though if they're lawful and they're, they're okay according to scripture, because I've found a place, I've I've gone through and I've justified it in my own heart. If it's something that causes other people to stumble who are younger in their faith or if they're weaker, it's better that I don't do those things in order for the greater good of the body of Christ. So I'm putting other people's needs before my own. Wow. So everybody who's here going, "Oh, well I listen to this and I do this and I still do a couple of these things." Paul's saying, "Hey, it's probably better that you don't." <laughs> So everybody who's so quick to to let us know the things that you're, the the places that you're willing to, you know, that you exercise because of your freedom. He's saying, yo, if the things that you're doing are causing other people to stumble, he's like, I'd rather not eat the meat, even though that it's lawful, even though that it's okay, even though that I understand and know that it was sacrificed to an idol, but there is no idol, there is no other God, but the God that we serve. If me doing that is causing others to sin, come on. if if this is causing other people to sin, it's better that I don't. It's better that I don't, amen? Listen, wow, got real quiet, got real quiet. We're too comfortable with toeing the line of sin. I honestly think that. We get comfortable, right? We wanna know the bare minimum. I want to live as close to the world as possible. I want to conform to the image without crossing the line. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the heart posture. You know that frustration is not a fruit of the spirit. And I am getting frustrated with uh, (laughs) this. It's not love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, frustration, anger, and... uh, and and confusion, like I'm getting super upset because of the connection. I'm not used to having to dance around and stop in the middle of a, a thought. Um, so I need to repent. I need to check myself. I'm thankful that I'm here and that we have an opportunity and that we've got shelter and I've got my little ring light and then I've got a couple of bars. So um, I'm grateful for where we're at. But what I'm saying, this is the last thing I'm gonna say. If somebody would put in uh, Psalm chapter 129 and I'm gonna pin that as well uh so that we can we can have that um <laughs> he said chill Whew. All right you guys hype me up you guys hype me up Lauren I got the ring light look fam I brought this I, that makes it through TSA every time <clears throat> You notice that it, there's okay I'm going to digress there was um there we go oh, there's been some resistance while I'm, I'm here in gilroy last night i had uh i had one of those dreams where so 26 kids got saved we're preaching truth to these children there's been so much interference there's been so much resistance in the spiritual last night as i was going to sleep um i had one of those those uh those sleep attacks where i couldn't move where um I had this dream where I was praying for these two guys. And as I was praying, I, had, I was laying hands on them. They grabbed my hands and they started biting my hands. And as I was trying to pull away from them, I was like screaming for help. But as I'm laying down, I couldn't breathe. And I'm screaming. Ooh. I'm screaming and I'm yelling. I'm saying help. And I'm saying I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. And I feel like I'm being pulled off the bed. I feel like I'm being pulled off the bed. And as I'm being pulled off the bed, I'm like, I'm yelling. I'm like, Kyra, help me, Kyra, help me. And then I finally am able to push myself up and I sit up and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, you haven't heard me, you haven't heard me yelling? You haven't heard me screaming? And she was like, no dude, you haven't made a noise. And I was just like, wow. That was a, that was a demonic attack where I was being held, and um, there was this resistance in the spiritual realm, and that has happened to me a few times over the last 15 years. The first time that one of these like these sleep attacks happened was the night that I gave my life to Jesus at 17 years old very first time and I remember being like paralyzed laying in my bed and I could feel this dark presence that was coming towards me and out from the closet and there was a banging on the closet and I remember screaming for help asking for my mom to come in and she couldn't hear anything that I was saying I was screaming at the top of my lungs but I couldn't move and so this is another situation so here in Gilroy there is a demonic presence and and they're frustrated because we came here and the seeds that have been being planted by the staff and the faculty and all of the 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 and everybody they've been planting these seeds and all we've done is come and watered them a little bit and now they're reaping a harvest and so in the spiritual realm chains are being broken individuals are being saved there's no longer strongholds these strongholds are being broken and this is in opposition of this spiritual darkness the evil the night the day before there was a, a there was a car accident Four minutes, five minutes before we were supposed to be in this place, there is an attack. There is a demonic entity that is trying to stop the light and the love of what's going on. We were four minutes from being in a tragic, uh, uh, a fatal accident. And this accident happened right outside of our window, like literally... 20, maybe 25 feet, we opened our window and we can see it right out there. So there is an attack on what we are doing here in this area, not only like in the spiritual, there was a physical attack where they tried to take our life and stop us. Now they're trying to stop me and my dreams. And now they're trying to stop the word of God being preached here through this faulty uh, internet. So there is resistance in the spiritual realm. This is a, a clear picture that what we are doing is is rattling the gates of hell. Amen. There's pure resistance. And so yes, it's trying to rattle me, get me frustrated and uh, no weapon formed against us will prosper in the name of Jesus, not one. No weapon formed against us. And what the enemy means for evil will always be turned to good. That tragic and fatal accident, I was able to use that as a testimony to how life, uh, how short life is. And from that introduction, we were able to save 26 souls. So that weapon that was formed against us, it did not prosper. What was meant for evil will be used for good. The gates of hell will not prevail. And so the last thing that I'm saying here, whether there's resistance or not, and we're going to pray, is that many of us are trying to tiptoe and get as close to the world and as close to sin as possible. We're willing to compromise. We're willing. When we ask these questions, well, is it a sin to do this? If the answer is no, then you get a little bit closer. Is it a sin to do this? If the answer is no, you get a little bit closer. Is it a sin to do this? And you're just like, yes, yes. Uh, If you do it this part, and so you get as close to you can and you inch as close to sin as you possibly can. But understand this, friend, you can't play with fire and not get burnt. We need to draw. Here's the line of sin. We need to draw a line 10 feet back and not even get close to that line. There needs to be a level of purity and righteousness and holiness that we are, are living we need to set the bar a little bit higher As somewhere along the line, we've taken the bar of righteousness and holiness and we've knocked it down a few notches and we try to tiptoe and get as close to it as we possibly can. We want to look like the world, but not be in this world. We don't want to suffer the consequences of following the world, right? When will enough be enough? I want to call you guys higher today. I want to call you guys higher. Can we take a step further? Can we set, can we draw the line back behind the line? Can we stop tippy toeing and getting as close? Well, I'm drinking, but I'm just not getting drunk. Okay, well, that's lawful. Well, I'm covered. I have knowledge. I have freedom in Jesus. I'm free to do whatever I want. I'm listening to this stuff, it doesn't have cuss words. Right. But the artist that you're listening to is extremely demonic and sacrificed his kids. And maybe they don't do that. I'm going, I'm being a little dramatic, but, but, but maybe the artist that you're supporting doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. How is that edifying you? How is that bringing you closer to God? How is the, how, because the song doesn't have cuss words, we're willing to compromise and listen to artists who clearly have no relationship with Jesus. That's us tippy toeing as close to sin as we possibly can. Right. When are we going to wake up? Why are, why, well, the, the show that I'm, I'm watching, it's not rated R, it's, it's NC-17 and I'm 18. And there's only partial nudity and there's only a couple of cuss words. But we're willing to, we're willing to compromise because we wanna get as close as we possibly can. Let's raise the bar. Let's start doing better. And then, then we wonder as we tippy-toe as close to sin as we possibly can and we allow these little compromises, well, it's not that bad. Well, I'm not as bad as I used to be. Bro, you are not who you used to be. You are a new creation. Please stop comparing yourself to how you used to be. Let's start walking in the newness of Christ. It says that your old self died, that you were raised with Christ. You are a new creation. You don't have to keep comparing yourself to your past. By me saying, oh, well, I'm not as bad as I used to, you're, you're basically lowering the bar. And you're okay with being compromised. You're okay with, well, I'm doing better. No, 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 no. The scripture says you are new. The old man died. You are new in Jesus. Let's start raising the bar. Why am I even talking about this? I don't know. Holy Spirit brought us here and, um, and, and his word's gonna be preached. I just feel like there's a lot of compromise and the, a willingness to draw as close to sin as we possibly can. We need to start doing better. But then when we do that, we, we wonder why we still struggle with some of these sinful things right we we wonder why we still struggle with lust but we're listening to songs that encourage lust or we listen to artists that uh, are clearly in and out of relationships, right? If, if your favorite artist uh, is sexually immoral and, and the things that they glorify, just because one song doesn't have a couple of cuss words or one song doesn't talk about demonic activity, doesn't mean you should be listening to that artist because they still have that Jezebel spirit. They still have that spirit of lust attached to them. They're still serving the world. They're, are they team Jesus or are they team Satan? And, and if the majority of the music that they're creating glorifies this world but your one favorite song just doesn't have anything bad like that's us compromising that's us compromising well it's not that secular but the person who's singing it is extremely secular Let's draw the line. Let's stop inching as close as we can to there. And then you wonder why you struggle with lust or you struggle with loneliness or you struggle with anxiety or you are struggling with frustration or depression or sadness because you have these attachments. You're sentimental. You're attached to the things of this world and you don't want to cut ties. You're willing to compromise to allow yourself to keep these things in your life because you're not willing to mature and to grow. You're not willing to draw a hard line in the sand and say no more. Wow. We're preaching, preaching. And some of this is gonna sound like, some of you are like, that's really religious, Andrew. That's really pharisaical. I have freedom in Jesus. That's exactly what Paul was talking about. He's like, hey, these things cause people to stumble. I I don't care about the freedom that you have, right? It's not about that. Why is it that we're trying to live as close to the world without crossing over to that side? Let's draw a hard line. Let's as Christians start living better. Let's start looking different. Let's start living different. Let's start standing out. Can we do that? Let's do that. With that said, you guys got Psalm 129. Psalm 129, I'm going to say one sentence and it kind of summarizes this. This, uh, in Psalm 129, it says, um, although these individuals are afflicted, right? They're confident in God. They're confident in God. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. Many a time they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. Even in the middle of affliction, even in the middle of attack, even in the middle of of individuals coming against you, even in the middle of your storms, your trials, your tribulations, even as I'm in the middle of, of this spiritual resistance because what we're doing is a good work. What we're doing here is saving souls. Even in the middle of this, I'm confident in God. I have a confidence in God regardless of my circumstances, regardless of my situation, regardless of my finances, regardless of my uh, of my my relationship status, regardless of the my experiences, regardless of whether or not I have the things that I want in my life. My confidence is in God. He is who He says He is. He has made promises to me. Although I might not receive the best life now, right? I might not be living my best life now here on this earth. My hope isn't in this earth. My My hope is is in him. My trust is in him. My faith is in him. Every day that I wake up, I'm able to find joy, not because life is good, but because God is good. That was my tweet this morning. Every day that I wake up and open my eyes, I'm able to find good because not because my life is good, but because God is good. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He remains the same regardless of my circumstances, regardless of who passes away, regardless of, of, of the things that are happening around me. He remains good. That's where my faith is. In the middle of affliction, my confidence is in God. My confidence isn't in man. It's not in people. It's not in money. It's not in experience. It's not in anything because all of those things will fail me. My my family will fail me. My friends will fail me. My wife will fail me. My kids will fail me. My job's going to fail me. Everything will fail me. My confidence is not in you. I'm going to fail you. There will be a day that I oversleep and I don't show up for coffee and prayer. There will be a day that I'm sick or I'm not able to show up and I will fail you. You will be disappointed by me. I am going to let you down at some point because it's not realistic for me to be here every single day for the rest of my life. I assume at one point we're gonna miss one and you're gonna be disappointed. I will let you down. But your 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 hope, your trust, your faith shouldn't be in me or in Instagram or in coffee and prayer or in people. This is a tool that is used for us to draw closer to God. Everything really is. Your hope, your faith, your trust, your confidence should be in him, but he will not fail you. He will not, and, and, and don't, please don't get it mistaken. Him failing you doesn't mean you not getting what you want. Many of us think, "Oh well, I didn't get what I prayed for, so God failed me." No, he didn't. You didn't get what you wanted because God knows best, right? Well, God's not listening because my prayer is not being answered. He failed me. No, 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 no. no. It's not how it works, friend. He didn't fail you. The very fact that you have a divine revelation of who Jesus Christ is because you know who Jesus is, if that was the only gift that you ever received from God was the free gift of salvation, you are blessed beyond measure. And and you you should you should be filled with joy because now, because you had the chance to put your faith in Jesus, when there's billions of people out there who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fact that you have the ability to put your faith in him, right? Your faith in him means, it means that you've received the greatest gift ever. And there should be always a sense of joy, peace and happiness in your heart. God will not fail you. Our confidence is in him, even in the middle of affliction or whatever you're going through. Amen. Amen. Let's pray and get up out of here before this uh, service starts to fail me and I start to get back into the fruit of the spirit, the spirit of frustration. It's a fruit of some spirit, but it ain't a godly spirit. we're gonna have to figure out. I'm parking in a different place to try to figure out, get a little bit closer to the hotel, so I'm tapping into the Wi-Fi. We'll see, we'll figure it out. So let's pray. You guys, Heavenly Father, we just wanna thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Uh, we are so grateful for who you are and for your love, for the fact that you love us through all of our sin, through all of our mistakes, through all of our failures. God, that you're. we, we understand that you're not, Uh, A father who stands over us trying to rip our salvation out from underneath us God we understand that suffering is a part of life Trauma is a part of life grief is a part of life and in the middle of those things. We know that you are good That man is evil and wicked men that don't know you are filled with darkness are filled with sin and because of that, the world that we live in is ruled and overpowered with people who, who have the wrong intentions, people who are, are sick, people who don't know you. And so Lord, our faith, our trust and our hope, our confidence is in you in the middle of the affliction. God, we want nothing more than to know you. We want nothing more than to be intimate with you. We want nothing more than to sit with, your, to sit with you and, and to rest in your presence. God, you are good and you are faithful. Lord, we lift up our prayer requests and all that we ask right now is that your will would be done. Lord, that's what we want. We want your will, not ours. If it doesn't line up with your purpose and plan, we don't want it. If that relationship isn't a part of your plan, we don't want it. If that job isn't a part of your plan, we don't want it. If that healing isn't a part of your plan, we don't want it. Help us to set aside our own selfish ambitions, our own selfish desires, our own self-centered wants. Help us to set those aside and understand that this life is not about us. God, give us that knowledge. Give us that understanding and that wisdom. Help us to know that all of the things that we've experienced, all things will work together for your good, for your glory, for those of us who were called and for those of us who were chosen. Help us to understand that even in the midst of our struggle, our pain, and our toughest circumstances, you remain faithful. You remain good. You are our source of strength. You are our source of endurance. And that there is nobody like you. God, help us to to raise the bar of righteousness and holiness. Help us to be convicted, change us with your word, change us with your Holy Spirit, change us and transform us. Help us to start living a life that pursues righteousness and and, and starts to imitate and mimic the way that your son Jesus was here on this earth. Yes, free, yes, filled with love, not religious, but, but selfless in the sense that we, that he was careful in the things that he did and how he lived because he didn't want others to stumble. He cared more about other people than his own self. God, help change us from selfish and self-centered individuals to ones who are filled with love and truth and selflessness. Now we thank you and we praise you, God, and we pray all of this in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. I love you guys and I honor you. Thanks for rocking with me here in the garlic capital of the world. I'm out here in Gilroy, the land of low bars. Not a lot of Wi-Fi, um, but thank you for being patient and for for staying tight, for sticking with it. Um, Yeah, I'm going to try to park at a different place tomorrow, so we have a couple more bars. Maybe we got a little bit more fluidity when it comes to our our service, but uh, boy, do I love you guys, and I appreciate you. If nobody's told you this morning, I love you. I want you guys to know that I love you and I honor you and I appreciate you guys and all that you do. And thank, thank you guys for the badges that you buy. It goes to our ministry. It goes to our ministry fund and keeping the doors to our church open. And by the way, last thing I'll say, Church is on Sunday, you guys. I'm flying back Friday night, Saturday, got some preparation and uh, I think some service that we're going to do. And then Sunday, 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 come and join us for church, Royal City Church. I'm excited to see you. I'm excited to be there. Uh, God has already started to put together a uh, a message that uh, I think is going to be extremely relevant and uh, to the point. And you, you know God shows up anytime, everywhere. But um, I hope to see you guys Sunday. I love you. I honor you. I hope you guys have a great day. And I will see you all tomorrow, 5.30 a.m., Gilroy.